Welcome to the Road to Life Church podcast. Here with our pastor, Mike Shepline, you will be inspired through the Word of God. For more information, please visit roadtolifechurch.com. I want to teach on something this morning called page turning. Page turning. Let's pray before we jump in. Lord, today as we come before you, what we know is you're over our lives. And Lord, there are some times in our life we like to stay on the page that we are on, and there's other times in our life that you call us to turn the page. And Lord, today we invite you and your Holy Spirit to speak to our life as a body, as a group, but equally individually about where we're at in the season of life. Lord, we thank you for your presence and we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I think most of us have heard the statement before, turn the page, and it's inferring leaving something. Just a quick question. How many of you are ready to leave 2020? Just a quick, just a quick, quick question. How many of you would like 2020 to linger all the way through 2021? It's, it, you know, when you think about it is inferring leaving something, but it is also inferring moving towards something in our, in our life. Sometimes people say, I want to turn the page. Well, what do you want to turn the page to? In the Bible, we see this as a theme over and over and over again, literally to everybody except Jesus that God called, that he would come to them because everybody has difficult seasons in their life, and he would say things to them about, he would, he would say, look to the stars of the heaven because they were discouraged about what they were, where they were at, or, or he would say things like, don't earnestly remember the former things, and he would say things like, hey, I'm going to do a new thing, but what it was, is as humanity is that this is a theme of God dealing and leading and directing us in our lives. You look at Abraham. God dealt with Abraham about this. You look at Moses. God spoke to Moses about turning the page, Moses. The past is the past. I need you to move forward into what I have for your life. You look at even King David or you look at Peter or you look at Paul. God spoke to all of them. I want to read a scripture and it's in Isaiah 43, and I'm going to read verse 2, but also verse 18 and 19. And what we're going to see is the whole 42nd chapter of Isaiah is talking about page turning. He said to him in verse 2, he says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned or scorched nor will the flame kindle upon you. What I want you to notice is God didn't say you're not going to go through these things. God didn't say you're going to avoid all of these fires and floods and rivers. He didn't say that. But God said, I just want to let you know I will be with you in them. I will lead you in them. And then jump down to verse 18 because in verse 18, the whole focus is turning the page. He said, do not earnestly remember the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Say new thing. Now look at what he said. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive and know it? And will you not give heed to it? There's a, it's a question mark. God's asking us. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Notice the term wilderness, rivers in the desert. 
high waters, fire, and all of the things in the previous verse. And what, what I look at and equally look at the word is God said, don't earnestly remember the former things. You know, in our lives, we can't forget everything, but what do I earnestly remember that is motivating my life, my decisions, my beliefs, and my views of today? I believe that it's one of God's greatest challenges in our lives is he comes in and God knows no limits other than the limits that our thinking put on him in our own life. And usually the limits that our thinking put on him in our own life are due to a previous experience that we just don't believe. And God is saying, I believe for 2021 is it's time to turn a page. Thank you, Renee. I appreciate that. I said, it's time to turn a page. It, it, it's time to turn a page. You know, and, and if you think about it, this is both sides, both, po both positive and negative. When you talk about page turning, it's not just negative or difficult things, but it's both positive and negative. And I want to just give you an example. And I've, I've been a pastor for almost 30 years, and I've seen this. The positive side is God blesses somebody, pours out over their life, and what it leads to is comfort, passivity, uh, almost like a laziness, a trusting in the blessing, rather the blesser, and there's a fear to step out into the new thing that God has for them because it's been really comfortable and really easy, and I don't really want to move from here. But then over on the negative side of it is 2020, maybe letting it go, learn from it, learning from it, but trusting God into this next year. You know, in the, in the New Testament, when Jesus was giving direction to the apostles and he said, hey, go into the towns and preach the gospel. He said, if they won't receive your words, he said, when you go out of the town, shake the dust off of your feet. So not even the dust from that town stick to your feet. And there's many pictures of that, but one of it is don't let that stuff stick to you where it didn't go the way that you had hoped it to go. See, the human tendency is to seek a settling place rather than a growing place. I believe 2021, God is saying, I want you to seek a growing place in me, not a settling place of ease and comfort of maybe where you've been or even what's been familiar, but a growing place. Look at what it says in Proverbs 30. And the writer of Proverbs 30 is they're reflecting on their life. In verse seven, it says this, God, there are two things I'm asking you before I die, only two. Now, I'm just a quick thing. I'm just a quick thought. How many of you could ask for more than two things? <laughs> I'm like, you know, <laughs> this, and what you can see by this is this person has gone into a deep reflection and they've really just boiled it down to two areas. Look at what they said. Empty out of my heart everything that is false, every lie, and every crooked thing. And give me neither, now look at this word, undue poverty nor undue wealth, but rather feed my soul with the measure of prosperity that pleases you. What I want you to notice is we know that God wants to bless us. Thank you, honey. I said, we know that God wants to bless us. But the writer is so aware 
of his tendencies and propensities that he's saying, God, you know me greater than I know myself. And Lord, what I want you to do is, Lord, I know that you know what I can handle better than I know what I can handle. And so I'm asking you to lead that in my life. Look at what he said, and you can see it in verse 9. May my satisfaction be found in you. Don't let me be so rich that I don't need you or so poor that I have to resort to dishonesty just to make ends meet. Then my life will never detract from bringing glory to your name. And the key thought here is I forget about God. I forget about God. You know, 2020 has been a trying year. And if there's ever a time we need to remember and seek the Lord is it's 2021. Because 2020 planted some stuff maybe in us that if we leave it will be a detriment to what God has for 2021. Those seeds will grow and it will be a detriment. How we respond to God or away from God, his word and his ways are gonna determine my next season, which is gonna be 2021. 2021 is not about New Year's resolutions, but 2021 is about reflection that leads to a greater connection. Where I stop in my life and I'm gonna reflect and I'm just gonna stop and say, whew, 2020, Lord. I just need to reflect on have I picked up some things that are gonna hinder my connection with you that I need to right now realize that I need to make an adjustment in my heart and in my life. See, reflection infers something on the inside, whereas a resolution implies something I'm gonna do differently in my life. 2020 has been a year of, un we could just call it the unprecedented year. Every one of us has been affected in some way. If you've not been personally affected, you know people who have been personally affected. And you know, when you stop and think about 2020, we've experienced and picked up some things. I believe that we've picked up some things in our life that are going to try to affect our 2021, our 2022, our 2025, our 2030, our 2040, and our 2050. And God is asking us to reflect and connect with him in those areas of our life. You know, when you look at what it says in Proverbs 4.23, he said, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Think about that statement, guard your heart above all else. Other translations say guard your heart above all that you guard. You know, during the pandemic, the rioting, if you stop and you think about it, the unrest, unrest, the election stuff, you look at just a huge level of fear and, and distrust that, that I believe we're facing greater than I've ever seen in my lifetime. You know, I had a, a grandma come to me and, this, and when I say grandma, I realize that sometimes there can be grandmas that are like in their 40s, but this grandma was in her 70s. And this grandma, this grandma said, she went out and bought two pistols and another gun. <laughs> I was, now, let me just be really clear. I'm 
not against guns. I have guns. There's nothing wrong with guns. But if you're buying something to address fear, which the Bible says is a spirit, there's nothing wrong. You know what I'm, are you with me? And I'm like, never before, have they ever, nope, never. You know what I'm saying? And what it is, is you stop and think about it. And the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1, that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Satan's desire is to plant things in our heart that cause us to reap fruit tomorrow. That's his desire. That through this whole thing, that there's stuff that gets planted in our heart that causes us to reap fruit. And there are some things that we just simply need to turn the page on in our life because they'll negatively influence the voice of God and the direction of God in our life. But I also realize that there are some things that we can't turn the page on. Maybe we wished we could turn the page on that we just need to trust God and keep taking steps. Lord, I'm just going to trust you. with. I can't turn the page on this, but I'm just going to trust you. And I believe that we need to look at our own heart and we need to ask, is this a behind me item right now? Is this a behind me something that, you know, maybe it's a thought that I've picked up or maybe it's a trust or maybe I need to adjust my attitude or my outlook and it, or is it something that, you know, I just need to stop and say, Lord, I'm coming after you. Don't fully know what to do, but what I do know is this, you're greater than anything that I've experienced in my life. Amen? Philippians, I like Philippians chapter three, and it's the apostle Paul. And he's up in age, he's writing the Philippian church, and he's talking about himself. He said, brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it on my own yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I want you to think about that statement. Earlier we read in Proverbs, he said, God, just give me two things. Paul said right here, one thing. He's boiled it down to one thing, and it's the ability to let go of the things I need to let go of in order to move ahead in the things that God has for my life. It's the ability. He said that I just boiled it down. He said, I press toward the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ. Verse 15. All of us who are mature, pursuing spiritual perfection, should have this attitude. What attitude is that? Lord, show me the things I need to forget so that I can press toward the things I need to press to. He said, all of us who are, all of you who are mature, pursuing spiritual perfection should have this attitude. Now look at this. And if in any respect you have a different attitude, that too God will make clear to you. What I want you to notice is God said, when you get hung up on yesterday, I'll make it clear to you. I'll show you. I'll show you in your life. Paul said, the one thing I do, I forget what's behind. I press toward what's ahead. And if I don't, God will reveal it to me. This was the grid of the way that Paul functioned. It was something he purposed in order to seize what God had for his life. I believe it's the same for each and every person here. It goes unsaid. If I were to stand up here and say, how many of you want a incredible, beyond you could believe, wild, just God-infused 2021? All of us would say, well, that's half of us. 
I said, all of us would say, okay, online as well, all of us would say, but God said the way that's going to happen is turning the page. We can't live full of faith in God tomorrow if we let the wrong seeds get planted in our heart today. We, we, we just can't do it. And what it is, is if we do, we get stuck in places that we don't want to be stuck. And we get stuck in that spot. And God's like, I need you to let me. I believe that God is saying, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Will you perceive it? You know, the book of Joshua is the story of God speaking and saying, it's time to turn the page and lead my people into the promised land. If you, I would encourage you, really great leadership book. But basically, that's what, that's what the theme of it is. And God is speaking and he's directing his people to be part of turning the page. And then what he does is he tells them what he will do if they will do their part. Do you realize that we have a part and God has a part? Sometimes we say, God, you do it. And God says, I will do what only I can do, but I need you to do what I've asked you to do because I won't do that. I'll do my part. And what God is doing is he's speaking to them. And the, just to give you a backdrop is the Israelites have been stuck in a bad place for 400 years. They've been stuck in this place. You say, well, this has been a bad year. How about times 400? Well, I've had a bad five years. Look at 400 years. And God raises up Moses to lead them into a place that is better than they could ever imagine, and they know it. The verbiage that God has given them is word pictures that they're like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And by the time of this account that we're going to read in Joshua, Moses had been leading Israel for 40 years, and his two right-hand guys are a guy by the name of Joshua who wrote this book, and Caleb. They, Moses was like a father figure to Joshua and to Caleb. He had mentored them. They had watched God use Moses to perform unprecedented miracles, to just literally blow their mind. And what has transpired by the time Joshua 1 rolls around is Moses has had an untimely death due to getting frustrated and making a big mistake. And so Moses has died, and there's three to five million people now that are standing there that Moses had been the leader for, and God begins to direct Joshua that he is going to be the leader now and take them in. Joshua, if you could imagine, is probably intimidated. Joshua, if you could imagine, is standing there probably feeling ill-equipped to lead three to five million people into a place that God has been promising them for 400 years. No pressure. How many of you are with me on that? No pressure. And so what I want to do is I want to just pick up in Joshua 1, verse 1 and verse 2, and it says this. It says, now it happened after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, his attendant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise to take his place, cross over the Jordan, you and all this people, into the land which I am giving them to the sons of Israel. What I want you to notice, and I want you to put yourself in this situation. 
Moses has mentored Joshua for 40 years. He's a father figure. There's an affection. There's a closeness. He has an untimely death and he dies. And I am sure that if you look at this story as Joshua is discouraged, probably at first was distraught, was not really feeling it. And God comes up to him and basically speaks to him. And he says to him, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise to take his place. And this is what I want to, this point, I really want us to drive home. Whenever we're, God has called us to turn a page, we very rarely feel like getting up when God says, get up. We very rarely feel like getting up when God is saying, get up. Because his, 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 his mentor, his father has just died. There's three to five million people that he couldn't bring in. I'm sure that his heart is broken and he is discouraged. And if you study Jewish culture, what you find out is there was a time of mourning. There is a time of mourning. When we go through difficult times, there is a time that we need to mourn. But then there is a time that God says, now it's time for you to get up. Now it's time to not lay down. Now it's time to begin to take steps. Yes, that was bad. Yes, you don't understand it. Yes, you don't get it. But you've got to understand you are not going to feel like it, but I need you to get up. Thanks, baby. How many, how many of you know what I mean? Notice, this wasn't a question God asked him. Joshua, do you feel like getting up? If, if Joshua would have been if, if we transpose our American view on God, we would transpose it onto him in a question form. Joshua, I know you're discouraged. Do you want to get up today? Do you feel like getting up today? What I love about this story, it's sometimes in our lives. You say, why would God do this? Because we have been governed and led by emotion only and not by the voice of God in our life. And one of the most freeing things in our life is for us to stand up when the feelings are against, when the circumstances haven't been, when we don't like it and say, you know what? I'm going to get up. I'm just going to get up. I'm not going to lay down in this anymore. I'm not going to lay down underneath it anymore. God said, and what I love about it is when did God tell him to get up? Go back, put it up. He said, so now arise. When, when? When is the time to get up? Three of us. I said, when is the time to get up? Okay, online. When is the time to get up? God is saying, and please, I don't want to be non-empathetic. I don't want to be understanding. I don't want to come across that way. But this is what I know, is that if we don't get up, we will carry the baggage of 2020 into 2021. And at the end of 2021, we'll be saying, God, why this? And God is saying, because you wouldn't get up. You wouldn't embrace me. You wouldn't come after. And what it is, is, is it wasn't a question that God asked but it was something that God told him to do. And what I love about God is God said to him, now arise, and then God told him, if you get up, this is what I will do. 
if you will get up, this is what I will do. You know, there, we, and as I said earlier, we know that there was a time process of mourning, but then there's a time to get up and to refocus on God's love, on God's grace, on God's goodness, on God's faithfulness, and on God's promises for our life. There's a time to get up and just say, okay, God, I don't understand. I don't have to understand. I would like to understand, but I don't have to understand. God never intended life to be lived through the rearview mirror of last year. Never intended for it. The mirror of maybe disappointments in our life, maybe the mirror of hurts yesterday. Yes, they're, we they're real. We're not denying that they're real. But what God has for tomorrow is better than yesterday. Say it again. What God's got for tomorrow, it's better than yesterday. And I must be willing to allow God to challenge my beliefs, my expectations maybe in my life, and my feelings about where I'm at. I must be willing to let him do that. Do I need to sometimes in our life, do I need to blow up a bridge? You say, or sink a boat. You say, what do you mean? A bridge. A bridge is we keep going back across this bridge to sit down in something we don't need to sit down in. And God is saying, I need you to blow that bridge up. I need you to not go back there anymore. I need you. Or, we, or what, what we do is we get in a boat that gets me to a place that I don't really need to be. And God is saying, I need you to trust me enough to not go back across that bridge. And I need you to trust me enough to not get in that boat and sink that boat right now. You know, when you think about this, I believe that in my goal today is we're going uh, to just really get into some nuts and bolts next week. This is a two-week thing. But I believe that God is wanting us today to reflect on where our heart is. Where's your heart at right now? You know, it's really super easy for me to get up here and just, I can just preach and say, do this, do this, do this. But understand that if we don't connect our heart with God, nothing we do will change what's in here. What's in here has to be adjusted to embrace the Lord in our life. And I want to just, we're going to be receiving communion in just a moment. But I want to just give us four thoughts that maybe we can reflect on in our life where we stop. And, and maybe I've picked up some things in 2020 due to what I've been through that are, have now been detrimental to me trusting God in my life and his influence in and over my life. And what I want you to do is they're gonna, I want you to just stop. You can, this is on the church app, but also on the notes. Maybe you wanna pull your phone out, write it down, take a picture. But I want you to just stop. And what we're gonna do is I'm gonna give a moment and I'm gonna just bullet these, and then we're going to receive communion. Because what communion was about, it was communion was about a crucifixion, but a resurrection. That's what it's about. Communion was about identifying with the death of Christ, but also identifying with the resurrection of Christ in our life. And we're going to just come before God and just say, the first one, number one is this, ask God what he's asking you to do right now. I don't know what that is. I don't know what's happened in your life. But for you to just ask him, God, what are you asking me to do right now? In right now, a couple days into 2021, what are you asking me to do? 
Remember we read Philippians 3 around verse 15 where God said, I'll show you. I'll speak it to you. The next is this, is am I willing to get up and do it? This means no more excuses. This means do what I, what I can and God will do what I can't do. But am I willing to get up and do it? And that's a heart question. How many of you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a heart question. Okay, God, am I willing right now, Lord? What do you want me to do? Am I willing to do it? The next one is this. Is there a bridge that I need to blow up or a boat that I need to sink? You say, what do you mean? A habit or a pattern or a routine in my life that I retreat backwards instead of moving forward. When it gets hot, when it gets hard, and when it gets difficult, I retreat back to something that is detrimental to the influence of God in and over my life. You know, I think this is interesting. How many of you, how many have been on a cruise before, cruise ship, cruise ship? <laughs> you know what they say about a cruise ship? And I thought, wow, I don't like that stat. But they say that, um, that for every day you're on the boat, you gain one to one and a half pounds. Did you know that? That's average. That means some people can gain two or three. How many of you know what I'm saying? But the average person, so if, so if, if you took a, a 10-day cruise, 15 pounds. How many of you know what I'm saying? You say, why is that? Because it's all about comfort, 24-7. Belly up. How many of you know what I mean? Is, see, that spiritually speaking, some of us are used to a cruise ship, and God is saying, I made you a battleship, not a cruise ship. And he wants to make an adjustment in that thinking, in your, in your heart, and in your life so that I quit going back. 20, 20, 2020 is behind us. 2021 is ahead of us. And God is saying, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Don't earnestly remember the former thing because I'm a God that does new things. I'm a God that is fresh. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you go through the fire, you won't get scorched and burned. But I need you to remember that behold, I'm doing a new thing. Yes, you've got a memory of the water. Yes, you've got a memory of the fire. Yes, you've got a memory of all of that stuff. But do I believe that God is, God, God is leading directing and has a better 2021 in my life than the 2020 that I experienced. Amen.